listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. It's a special day um, here in that we are recording this on Halloween Day um, in 2022. And so the little ghosts and goblins are going to show up and we have uh, live in a in a uh, kind of remote uh, area, but there's quite a bunch of fishermen around us and and, a, and, and a housing developments. And I'm wondering if I'm going to have a fisherman show up at the door and ask for a Snickers bar or something. Anyway, uh, today we have a returning guest, and he's always welcome on the show. He is just a, a very interesting guy. Uh, we're going to be talking about the upcoming steelhead seasons and. Uh, the fall season that we're in right now, because it's going to be a little bit unique fishing for steelhead in the Northwest. And uh, without further ado, I've got Randy Bales by Lured by the Bead on the line. I hope. Randy, there. Yes, sir, Ted. How you been, man? You know, I've been good. How about you? You know, um, we can all complain about stuff, but you just kind of take what life throws at you and do the best you can with it. It, sure, sure. Well, we'll we'll make we'll make sense. Make sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're we're looking forward to uh, you um, uh, gracing us with your presence and giving us some uh, tips and tricks and techniques and discuss the upcoming steelhead uh, fishing and seasons ahead of us. So, uh, you know, for those that don't know of Lured by the Bead, which if you're a steelhead fisherman, I would imagine that would be a household name. Um, but Randy, tell us just a little about your background and what Lured by the Bead is, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so I started Lured. This is actually our 10th year in business doing Lured. Um, uh-huh. we, uh, we basically came up with a product, and I put my tweaks on uh, the bead fishing industry over the last 10 years by creating different color patterns to matching, basically matching the hatch. Um, you know, you can, you can go, we can go in so in depth, but right, you know, right now, um, you know, I just couldn't, couldn't get the things I wanted, you know, at the time. And so creating color patterns and stuff like that, I wanted to make it available uh, for other people, and it kind of took off where kept it quiet for a long time. Then you couldn't keep it quiet anymore because people wanted it, and so mm-hmm. it kind of turned into a. It basically start, turned into a business uh, with people wanting it and me creating new colors and and uh, you know the the amount of fish damage they can actually do is is a little scary. Um, uh-huh. but that's a, that's a good problem to have, um, you know, and to basically, you know, I've been able to put 40 years of steelhead fishing experience into all my product that I make. Um, cause I can, I've, I've watched eggs over the years and different spawn cycles, different fish spawning, what their eggs look like, what they look like when they're laying in the river, rolling down to there. Um, and I've been putting all that knowledge into all my product. And mm-hmm. so that's why like the, the incognito side, which is a hard bead with a soft bead cover on it. it so right. you get the it's best of both worlds. Bead. Yeah, you get the fishability of a hard bead with a soft bead cover. So it's a little softer to the touch. You don't have the tear out like a soft bead. So you're not throwing away product at the end of the day. You don't have a pile of tore up beads in your boat that are just wasted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that you can put, you're going to, you know, you, you put it on and you fish it until you either change it or, you know, you hang it up in a tree. And right. that's right. kind of the, you know, so you're buying something that is, you know, it's not a throwaway product at the end of the day. And that right, right there is huge. I mean, because... Nobody wants to throw away their money at the end of the day because it's tore mm-hmm. up and it's no good. Um, right, right. And so that's that's kind of the incognito side has let me take 40 years of fishing 
experience of watching the eggs and watching what egg cures look like when they milk out in the water to build mm-hmm. products that looks just like that. So we're constantly able to match the hatch. You can walk down in the group of 25 guys that are throwing different egg cures and you're going to have a, a product that will match three or four guys egg cures to the 100% T and you're fishing a single egg versus a clump of eggs down through there. And it's just like a, creating a natural hatch. It's, it can be devastating. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 I fished, I fished your beads before. In fact, I was um, uh, fortunate enough to uh, fish with you one day on the Salettes. And, and I learned so much about beads on that trip, man. There, there, there's a real science to it in there. You know, it can be, it can be as difficult as you want it to be. That's, or it can be as simple as you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. The average guys that fish two or three times a year, you know, they're not going to, exp- I mean, what they can learn on the internet now is going to put them years ahead. Uh, right. Then, you know, ha- then having to put time on the water, per se. Um, mm-hmm. But you're going to, you know, with a good product, you're going to be able to go down there and your chances are going to go up. And so that one or two guys, you know, that fish three, four times a year for winter steelhead might hit that perfect day when there's a bunch of fish in the river and, you know, you might as well, you, you feel like you're, you've been doing it, you know, for 20 years and you're a professional by the end of the day, if, if you hit that product just right on those certain sure. days and it's just, you know, they just snap at, you know, snap at beads. Um, mm-hmm. But it will take, it will take the average guy and you're going to, you know, you're going to be fishing a product that looks great and looks great in the water. Your, your confidence level is going to go up on every cast you make. You're going to probably mm-hmm. start making better casts because you're going to start reading, learning water better by reading it because you're going to cast and you're going to remember where you cast. And if you hook a fish in that cast, you're going to remember what that water looked like. And that's going to be an imprint on your head. Right. You know, the time you're down there, you're going to like, okay, I caught a fish in that type of water. Oh, look, there's another spot. It looks like that. I'm going to cast into there. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you're starting to read, read water that steelhead lay in. That's, you know, that's a lot of the success when it comes to, you know, and having a good product that they want to buy. Right, right. Yeah, it, uh, it, so, it, it really is a science, you know, on the trip that you and I took, I had my son with me in the boat, and you know, he had, he had never um, uh, fished for steelhead, nor had he used some of the equipment um, that, uh, that you uh, let him use. And what was it, uh, Randy, he, he spent what, 15 minutes learning how to cast, and we went down yeah, to the first I, little... Yeah, we, we, st- we stopped, and he had never never held a spinning rod before or flipped a bale over on a spinning rod. So he had to learn within the first 15 minutes of the top of the drift before we went down river to try to mm-hmm. cast. And so right. by the end of it, by the end of the day, he was casting, he was, he was, you know, casting. And I think what we do, we hooked a fish in the first 15 minutes after we started drifting. His, his, second, his second true cast in in fishy water he he hooked into that steelhead that was incredible right yeah and so you know and that was you know he hit the placement of that cast right where i was mm-hmm. saying hey you know put put one right there and it absolutely that's see that's that's the big difference in a lot of my product that i make like the hard bead side, we may have a huge selection of hard beads, which are mm-hmm. proven themselves over and over and over and over for a year, for, you know, last 15 years. And right. those same hard beads are inside of the incognitos. So the same fishing mm-hmm. proven hard bead is now, is now available with a soft cover over top to make it perfectly neutral buoyant. So it lifts and drops at the same rate of an egg. Right. And that um, that fishability of that bead is, you know, you can't you're not you're not missing the cast. That's the whole thing. Is like, you know, 
you can get you can you can pull on a hard on a soft bead per se and you can slide it down to the stop or it gets torn off and it goes down to the hook well you got to reel in mm -hmm. you know you got to reel in take the time to grab it and check it and fix it when you're drifting down the river that spot your son casted into would have not got casted into if they were trying to fi fix that bead right yeah and point. that would have been a missed missed, missed opportunity and mm -hmm. so that's like as a fishing guide myself i developed this so you could have the fishability of a hard bead you could have the same uh greatness of a soft bead the way it fills to them but yet there's a little bit mm -hmm. of crunch in there because that hard beads inside but right. you're constantly going to be you're going to you're constantly going to be fishing it's never going to slide over your stop Mm -hmm. And what, what I'm referring to as a stop is during bead fishing, we tie, we either tie a little uh, three mil bead that's clear or semi clear about two to three finger width, width above the hook for the bead uh -huh. to slide down and rest on. And that way it does, you know, when a fish grabs it, it, it doesn't pull the bead down uh, to the hook and get in the way of the hook gap. Right, and that's usually what a lot of fish are missed that way. Um, the rubber stops; they work, but you're gonna miss some fish every now and then because of that. If it slides it down, um, mm -hmm. but you know, it, but a lot of people can't tie that inline bead in. Like on my website on the lured lured by the bead uh, dot com website, yeah. if you look at the in, if you look at my inline beads for inline stops. I have a mm -hmm. video link in there that you can click on that video link and it will show you how to tie that, that little uh, three mil clear uh, acrylic bead on. So you can have oh. a, the, the hard fixed stop. I have a video link mm -hmm. in there that you can click right on that and it shows you how to do it. Yeah. You've got a lot of videos that, that, that just talk about the mechanics of, of fishing beads because it is different, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I'm gonna, I need to do a lot of my videos because it's been years and I got so busy. Um, but I'm actually wanting to build uh, my, I want to build my YouTube channel up and make it bigger. I actually have two different ones. One's under uh -huh. Lured, uh, Lured, Lured by the Bead on YouTube. Then the other one's under Randy Bales, my, my name on YouTube. Right. So I have two, two, two different channels. Um, I'm going to start doing more videos and more instructional videos to, you know, showcase our product and stuff. It's sure. uh, just, it's time. It's time. Yeah. It's just another outlet. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, Randy, when you and I are talking just before we started recording the, the show here, um, we were going to talk today about the upcoming steelhead seasons and that sort of thing. But um, you had mentioned uh, as we were sort of preparing that we really should talk about the the rest of this year because we're sort of in a unique situation, are we not, with uh, multiple species of fish in the river? Yes, absolutely. You know, the this fall, I can honestly say, has been really like the the beginning of the fall, all of buoy tan, all that was just it was amazing. My ocean fishery out there was just absolutely amazing. Um, uh -huh. The this last, the last, I would say the last two and a half weeks, uh, we haven't had a lot of rain or hardly any rain at all. No rain for that matter, besides here the last few days. Right. Um, but the fish got super stagnant in, in tidewater. Like there was a river, there were systems that were stacking full of fish. They just mm -hmm. won't bite. They, they wouldn't bite for anything. You might, you might catch one of the, you might get the fish that were being caught were the ones that just came in with the tide were absolutely mint chrome. And there would be like, you catch like one here, one there. It was just like super right. slow and kind of difficult, kind of tough. It was extremely tough. I, I'll, I'll say that, you know, my buddies, my buddies absolutely struggled with it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was hard to see or hard to talk, you know, hard to hear that from them, even though I'm, I've been laid up, you know, with my back injury here. The last you right. know about three weeks or so um but so we're just now getting rain we're just getting fish to start push up the river 
um, either they have to they, these fish have to get to gravel because there's ones that are completely ripe, ready to lay their eggs in, in salt water. Oh, and wow. that's not good. That's not good because mm-hmm. there's zero. They're not going to get fertilized. Right. And so they're, you know, it's coming up. The rivers are coming up just a little bit. It's shooting fish in there. Hopefully they get far enough up in the system. Um, my only fear is that they they spawn low and low in the systems. Then we get a big rain that raises the rivers up and it washes out that lower system and and will bury the eggs up in the lower part of the system. Because that's where all the gravel okay. and stuff ends up. Right. Um, so that's that's only that's one of my fears. But that being said, as soon as the, you know we get some, we're gonna have a big mix of late fish. You know, I I I know we're gonna have a bunch of late coho, in probably mm-hmm. all the systems. So you're gonna have steelhead in the system showing up. You know, in December, in the November. You know, it's, a lot of our streams get them in November too. If you have to spend the time and go after them, um, right? But you know, even in December, I've caught them clear, clear. I've caught you know chinook clear in the, the uh, you know Christmas, mm-hmm. you know Christmas Day. I've caught chrome bright chinook. No and kidding. I have, a, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And there's a there's a there's a couple rivers that get a late winter chinook run too. And mm-hmm. um. So there'll be mixed. There'll be chrome bright steelhead in there. There'll be chrome chrome bright silvers mixing in there. So you got to be careful what you think is a steelhead and not bonk it as a as a chrome coho. You know, true. and true. Yeah, there's a, a system. Right. Yeah, some of the rivers are are closed by then. So you got to be careful what systems you're in and and make sure it's a you know a steelhead or chrome bright winter steelhead because I've, I've like no that's a you like that's that's a coho buddy you gotta let that one go you know <laughs> and uh and uh, i i just know there's going to be a lot of lot of fish late that have been holding out for any kind of rain and i think that i mean if they stay in the ocean they don't have to turn they don't you know have to like come in they can stay in the ocean and decide not to come in right know? um as soon as they start in into the bays that kind of starts the transition of Hey, you know, I need to think about getting up river kind of thing, you know, and you mm-hmm. know, certain stocks like like really low river spawning fish, those those ones can tend to start turning out in the ocean, because, like a tule for sure. You know, a tule can actually start turning in the ocean because they have right. they barely come in and they they make a right hand turn and they're they're still in salt water that when they drop into a little feeder creek, you know, and they're basically ripe, ready to, they want to go spawn, you know, that quick. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's one thing is, you know, people just keep aware, you know, and, and they will bite beads left and right, just like a steelhead will. Totally right. love right. beads for sure. Yeah. And, and they have an aerial battle like a steelhead too, don't they? Oh yeah. Coho, you know, they're known for a death, what we call, I call a death roll. Death mm-hmm. roll and they'll just, They'll just twist like a like a missile spinning and just wrap up in your line, and uh, they do Uh-oh. it. You know, and they do that to try to. That's how they they grab a hold of their prey and they twist like that to kill it. Oh, and, got uh, it. And and so and they in a you know it's a it's a it's a defense to get away from things and get out of a seal's mouth, and they just start spinning like that, and nothing can get a hold of them, and they get away. And that's, uh, that's okay. kind of why they fight, they, they fight like they do, and they'll be all wrapped up in your line, then time you, you're dragging them in, you know, then they unwrap right at the boat and take off again, you know? Right, so, right. One, so, reason, so one how, reason they're so yeah. fun. Yeah. So how do you tell the difference between a steelhead and a coho when they're in the water? Because I, I know, you know, everybody talks about don't take the coho out of the water. Trying to release him while he's in the water because you know the death rate's pretty, pretty high if you handle him much, isn't it? You know, if you if you handle him with care, uh-huh. like any fish should be, it's you know they're just as they're just as strong as any other fish out there. They fight. They just fight so hard. They fight. They give <laughs> you everything they got when they fight. When they fight. 
So they come right. in a little more exhausted than a typical fish will. You know, um, uh, they'll fight you tooth and nail to the boat, to the net. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you handle them right, you know, don't, you know, use a soft-sided net. You know, don't use the conventional hard mesh nets that just rip all their scales off and, you know, are really kind of abrasive. To them. And, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that goes a long ways, you know, and, and trying to, like, you know, in the ocean out there, I don't, I try to, I unhook everything over the side of the boat. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, if I have to net, I net it, then I'm hanging over the side of the boat and unhooking it so that fish doesn't have to come in the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the biggest thing is if you're bringing a wild coho into the boat or dragging it up on the bank, that's not how you want to do it. You know, right. you know, you gotta, you gotta treat them with care in order for any fish to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, some are, some are, and it depends where the fish is hooked too. You right. know, if, you know, if, you know, if, if, if you hit any fish's vein wrong, you know, they can slowly start to bleed out. Or if you hook them, hook them deep, you know, they're going to bleed out and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. They can't, they can't clot, fish can't clot blood. They don't, their blood doesn't clot, you know, in order to stop it from bleeding. Right. I didn't know that. Really. So, it doesn't clot at all. You know, yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't clot like the rate of ours. It, they just, they, especially if, if it comes from the gill, gill area, mm-hmm. it's just like an open wound. It's like an open wound. Oh, it, really? It, 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 they can, yeah, because the, there's so much blood pumping there. Uh-huh. It'd be like you trying, it'd be like trying to clot, you're making your neck clot if you hit an artery. Ooh, yeah, okay. You know, does that make sense? That's kind of, nope. you know, like on the, like on the rest of the body, like on the, you know, in the meat or something like that, where the, the vessels aren't as big, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking throat, talking gills. That's where all the, the heart is like right there, you know, it's kind of yeah. like where ours is, you know? Right. And so they, they can't, they can't clot that like the, like the rest of the body would heal up. Right. So, so, ba- so, so basically you're talking, you know, at least for the next couple of months, there could be a tremendous opportunity for people that, that love just catch and release. I mean, cause you're going to have a lot of fish in the system and, you know, it's like any other day, you know, uh, fishing there's some days that it'll be better than others, but there's a good chance that, um, you know, somebody could hook very easily hook multiple fish in a day uh, with, uh, with, you know, with all the opportunity out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and, it's it's a, if we get the rain where these fish can get up river, every mm-hmm. little hole in you know in these rivers with salmon and coho will have fish in them. They're gonna right. go as far as they can get with as much water as they can get. Mm-hmm. Every little feeder creek that comes in, they're gonna try to get in, and they've been waiting for this all fall. Right. And you know if we can get any rain, they're gonna. You know, every bank guy that fishes on the bank has a, their favorite spot. If the water comes up eight inches or ten inches, these fish are going to be there. They're going to move. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so there's opportunities there, and you know, and there's going to be a lot of bright fish come in still that people won't. You know, oh, it's you know, it's going to be November. It's like uh, I've caught chrome bright fish clear down in tide water in December. Wow, so, really? You know. Yeah, absolutely. On 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 low water years and stuff, I've caught you know fish, bobber fishing in tide water areas that were mint chrome bright. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got you got to weed through a bunch of fish, but it's still a fun day. You know, and you just let them go on their way so they can go. Yeah. Now you brought up a good point there. You were saying that uh, you know you you've caught. Um, um, fish bobber you know uh, uh with bobber this time of year uh down in the tidewater and that sort of thing do you what what other techniques would you be using the next couple months as the fish are moving through uh well for you know right now i mean you can bead fish for anything right now you mm-hmm. know the you, i got i'm getting pictures every day from guys catching fish on beads you know uh one of my one of my friends fished uh, the 23 mils I got and he walked down in a group of about 15, 17 guys and uh, landed, landed three fish and killed his two within an hour and a half of being there and never seen another fish caught 
And he's like, you know, he caught them all on the 23 mil. Caught Chinook really? on the 23 mil beads. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's like, I, you know, it was, it was crazy. It's like, it's crazy how effective it can be if you put the right color in a situation. And a lot of our product is, it seems like it's that way where guys, oh, I walked down and caught two fish and, you know, five casts. And there were guys fishing all day and never caught a fish. And it's like, yeah. it's crazy. I get that all the time, you know, and it's cool. It's so rewarding. I, I mean, I love it. Loving yeah. here and, and seeing pictures from people. And it's like, you know, you know, it's like, I, I got a half a dozen pictures from a guy that was fishing for salmon and he caught, he, he's caught in like five or six uh, summer steelhead, mm-hmm. you know, fishing, bead fishing for, for coho and Chinook. Oh, and it's like he's like these summers won't let him leave him alone right, you know? right. And it's like you know and it's like and he sent me some absolute gorgeous pictures of the fish and the beads and with a you know a soft net that the, he netted them in to let him go yeah so it's it's pretty cool to pretty cool to see the the diversity that these things will target oh you yeah know, the the alaska the alaska fishery the guys are just They've been buying my eight mil incognitos um, for those big rainbows up there. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been pretty cool to see a picture of a you know thirty inch rainbow trout up there that's you know like fourteen pounds. <laughs> it's Holy crazy. They're like the size. Yeah, they're like like size of the size size of a steelhead. Yeah, thirty some inches. You know, thirty. 32, 36 inches, you know, and like 17, 19 inch girth on them. Holy moly, really? Yeah, it's like, it just like blows my way on these little eight mil beads, you know, incognitos. And I've, I've developed a bunch of them to match what they're fishing up there. Mm -hmm. You know, what they're, you know, and it's different. And those fish have seen so many different things that these incognitos are different and they haven't seen them. And right. that's a lot of it, you know. They haven't seen these, and they look so real in the water that these a lot of these bigger fish are letting their guard down. And that's mm-hmm. that's one thing I've noticed too. Is it's just it's just a you know they're just another it's another tool to have have in your arsenal of stuff, you know, right. and something you can, something you can rely on. And you know, you fish it, it's gonna it's gonna hold its own. I can guarantee I guarantee you that. Yeah, no, you know nobody nobody's been a, been able to tell me any different. That's for sure. Well, that's awesome, man. So, in in regards to your crystal ball for the winter season, what uh, what do you think people can expect in the uh, you know January February March time frame of of uh, this next year? I think it's going to be a solid year, honestly. Um, we had. Super low water all season last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was summer level for winter steelhead, and now it was summer level for fall chinook. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling there's going to be you know when the fish when the fish get in there to spawn the chinook do they're going to be dropping a lot of eggs, and you're going to be able to fish your your bright oranges and you know your orange. Uh, Substitute your orange, you know, like the orange frosted it, frosted ones, and anything kind of a milky pattern that milks out, you can right. be able to fish that all the way through December and January because you're going to have Chinook spawning and leaving eggs, and the entire all these systems that are, are going to be a super hatch, basically mm-hmm. for steelhead for the steelhead right. to come in. Right. And so right. you know, yeah. start thinking, you know. Start thinking like your oranges and your and your pinks and whatnot that are kind of softer mm-hmm. colors, and that you know that should be in an amazing uh, beginning of the hatch. Then you know you you figure this December fish are going to come in, then all the chinook are kind of gone and the eggs are buried or whatever. So you're then at that point the early early December fish start dropping. As they come in early, so they're going to drop early and go and leave, mm-hmm. and go back out to the ocean. So at that point, in a lot of these systems, you're going to have smaller oranges that are, you know, the eight ten millimeter size for steelhead. 
and, you know, and, you know, so that, you know, in a high pressure area, you got to think, start thinking about that. And that can add up to a lot of fish because other, everybody's throwing all these bigger presentations. And if you got these December steelhead spawning, well, the steelhead that are in there that are, you know, haven't, aren't spawning or whatever, you're, you know, you're created another hatch. Right. So, you know, start scaling your stuff down sometimes, especially in low water, mm-hmm. um, you know, in high pressure areas. And that's usually bank stuff or, or super high pressure boat areas, but usually that's bigger water. If you can float a boat on it, it's usually bigger water. Uh-huh. So is that a rule of thumb as the water starts dropping, drop the size of the bead? Not always, though. If it's if there's deeper water there, like, you know, where they feel comfortable and cover, they'll mm-hmm. hit a bigger bead. They'll hit a bigger bead because it, you know, it slows down in that type of water. Right. Um, and And they can see it better, you know, if it's deeper, you know, then there's more more water so you can use a bigger bead mm-hmm. um, you know if you're fishing if you're fishing the, these smaller coastal tribs you know or feeder feeder rivers you know to other rivers main rivers you know if there's not a lot of water in there you can scale stuff down so it'll fish better and fish more natural you know that 10 you know 12 mil 10 mil mm-hmm. you know will fish great down through all that and you know, 14s and all that, you'll catch them in there, you know, too. But I have, I just feel like that 12 mil, 10 mil range in those lower rivers are, it's more, um, it's less evasive, if that makes sense. Like, right. it doesn't make them feel, you know, threatened. The bigger beads, in my opinion, are to create that aggression bite, like a spinner. Um, oh. Okay. You know, it's it's you know the the twenty threes and sixteens and and bigger seem to I they I feel like they target the the bigger or the the fish that's more aggressive like mm-hmm. you know the ones that would hit a spinner the ones that would hit a spinner or like that because it creates a big profile they can see it from a long ways they're going to key in on it something about it it's going to piss them off pardon the French time it gets to them and then that that creates a lot of the strike um i've seen them chase the big beads clear across the run to grab it really like a spinner yeah absolutely and so it's kind of it's kind of cool to to see that you know i've some of the bigger beads in cold cold water like Mm -hmm. cold low clear water where a fish is lethargic i've seen bigger beads uh, where you cast up into the run and the fish, I sit there and watch the fish see it and then moved about six feet to get in line with it and grab it as it came down by it. No versus kidding. versus like a 10 mil where you're thinking, oh, it's got to be small, running a 10 mil bead down beside it like four or five times and not have it grab it. Mm-hmm. Where it was like right in front of it, see it move out of its way. But then right. you put a bigger one on there, and all of a sudden it's bouncing down through there, you know, like a big bouncy ball, mm-hmm. and have them, have them, have them grab it. It's like it's wow. like it just it blows your mind, you know, like why, you know, you start thinking why is it doing it? What's what are the situation? You know, the water's cold. The fish, I think the fish are lethargic and don't want to burn a bunch of energy mm-hmm. on a small presentation sometimes, or you know. Like, you know, a bigger bead looks like a bigger meal, kind of like a spinner. It's going to make right. it more worth their effort to go grab it. Right. You know, um, you know, that's, you know, I could be totally wrong, but that's what I feel like it is. Inter- interesting. You know, so, 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 yeah, when, when you're fishing beads, like what we're talking, um, do you use any, any bait, any shrimp or any other types of bait to, to enhance the bite? You know, so... Generally, I don't scent any of my beads. Like, like I won't put scent on them just because um, I think, you know, if they're interested in the color, they're going to grab it, and you still got that split second to, you know, 
reel down on them and hook them. Um, if I'm using like my floating beads, which is my, I have my hard beads are all 12 mil in that floating bead, and uh -huh. they float a they float a number two hook, so it's it's perfectly neutral buoyant. So it, basically, that bead will fish the same as a neutral buoyant bead, you know, even though it's a hard okay. bead. Uh huh. And so, um, like we have quirky rigs that are old school where you have like two number four hooks in the corky would be right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. I will tie my, I will tie my, um, my floating hard bead in the middle, just like a corky will. And it still looks like a bead going down or the hooks are so tiny. They don't see it. Right. And, you know, I, a lot of times I will put a uh, little beta eggs on the very top hook just like we would our corky rigs and you can side drift it you can bobber dog it and it it floats down to they're virtually snag free and so you can get a lot longer uh drifts out of them um they're just as fishy as anything on the planet and it adds a little little bit of scent that way uh -huh. um so that's one way i do that and i've I mean, I've had days where that floating bead setup, you know, is what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, other days they want that single bead. Other days they want a, a yarny with a bead dropper, you know. And then, you know, it's the same thing as you're doing with a yarny and a, you know, a bead dropper. The bead dropper is, you know, 18 to 22 inches below the the yarn ball where you're tying directly to the, the shank of the hook. Mm -hmm. And then you have your yarn ball and you're putting a beta eggs on there with the yarn bowl. Um, basically, what you're creating is eggs are falling off that, and the bead's trailing, so it's looking like a bigger egg fell off and is falling the yarn bowl down. Right. So you're, you're kind of creating a hatch right there. Mm -hmm. You know, they follow the scent trail. They follow the scent trail down through there. A lot of times, they'll, they'll chase your gear downriver, and they're following it, and then they get to that bead first, and they grab it because they associate the smell with that that bead, looking like an egg. Got it. And and so how do you how do you set the hook on something like that? Just you know, the best thing you can do is reel down into the fish. Um, okay. You know, it's like if because if you're like if you're barber dogging, um, <laughs> what which is a term that we use for basically letting the bobber you're using a flat-sided bobber so it catches the current and it pulls your gear down river, straight down river. Not swinging off to the side or left. It's pulling your gear straight down the river. It's actually, if you're doing it right, it's pulling your weight straight down river and your gear should be flipped around below your weight, basically like you're running a diver system and, and backing that offering down to the fish right into their face. That's mm -hmm. a lot of it. In the slower water, in the slower water, when your gear slows down, it will flip around and be below your weight. Uh, in faster water, where it's got a, a faster current, a lot of times that bobber's zinging down river and it's making it. Then it's dragging it straight down river. Mm -hmm. So there's there's different ways to make your gear work more efficient in certain water speeds. So that's that's the thing about the technical part. You can get as technical as you want about like bobber fishing and whatnot, and in different speeds, the length of your bobber, you know, drop to your bobber stop, can uh -huh. determine how fast how fast your gear is going down river and what it looks like. Absolutely, one hundred percent. There's so many there's so many factors to. Um, you know, all setups are going to catch fish. But mm -hmm. if you can get dialed on certain setups for your river systems and how it's fishing, it's just going to make you more efficient and you're going to catch more fish, just plain and simple. You're mm -hmm. going to just catch more fish. And that's kind of what guys have to tinker with to see, you know, remember what I did when I caught a bunch of fish that day. You know, it's like, what did I do? Okay. You know, remember the, you got to remember your water levels. You know, remember how much lead you had on that day. 
So it's like, you know, like as a fishing guide growing up on all these coast rivers since I could walk and fishing them over the years, I can look at the water height, tell you what what run their fish are going to probably be on and what I should be using in that certain section based on the water heights and the speed. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go down river with that setup. Right. Or I'm going to change it. And so I have the best opportunities at each cast that my clients make into those holes to get bit. Mm-hmm. And that that's a lot of times that just comes down to time on the water and knowledge from doing it my entire life that, you know, I take that and I put that information into my beads. Right. You know, to, and so, you know, I hope that means something to a lot of my clients. I mean, I got lifelong clients that, you know, buy from me every year and the business is just growing and growing and growing every year. They get, it gets bigger. And I'm now doing this full time. The, well, I was doing the business full time before, plus my full time state job right. and guiding. And so now I'm doing the business full time. I quit my state job, and Good. now I'm doing the business full time and guiding full time. Right. That's awesome. So that's been a huge. That's a been a huge leap of faith. And every year, you know, I'm creating more product constantly, mm-hmm. constantly building some kind of new product and adding to it or tweaking it to make it better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to stay ahead of the curve. Well, you know, I've, I've always tested that uh, going on a fishing trip with you um, is like going to school and you can get a, you know, three to five year jump on, on, you know, on, on the philosophy and the techniques of fishing, just sitting in a boat with you. I mean, it just, it's amazing, you know, how much information that you bestow on people you know, from a, from a very successful fishing, uh, you know, past and, and, uh, designing the beads and, and, uh, and, and putting them into presentations that catch fish. I mean, you know, you can read all the books you want, but you know, that, uh, that drift boat that you have is the best classroom I've ever sat in. You know, and it's like, and that goes as far as all my, you know, even my ocean trips and buoy tan and all that and the big slides. And it's, I mean, you're, you're paying, you're paying to go on a fishing trip. This is how I've, I've always been a teacher of some sort, but you know, from my years back working out as a, as a assistant golf pro at a golf course where I used to teach lessons. Yeah. And I've always loved that teaching aspect in you know, things that I'm passionate about, like, you know, and, you know, fishing, it's like, I'm, I'm an open book. If you want to, you know, I'm certain things I'm going to keep quiet. Of course, you know, that's, sure. that's just, that's just, you know, tough luck, you know, but I'm going to, you know, I'm an open book. If you want to know techniques or whatever, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, I can't just like, you know, like, here, here's a phone call. Let me, let me tell you everything I know. Like, right. well, that's part of the, part of the luxury of coming on a fishing trip is if you want to know what you're fishing, I'm going to tell you what you're fishing and, and you're going to know how you set it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'll even sit down, I'll even sit down and have, and you know, you, you're paying for a trip. It's, it's right. your day is the way right. I look at it. And if, if you want to spend time you know, sitting there on the bank, learning how to rig up a rod and, you know, and do all that. It's your day. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, it's, it's fine. You know, as long as everybody in the boat's kind of on board, you know, with the, with that kind of, kind of day, it's, you know, um, I love taking guys in the boat. Then we find a nice area that, you know, you can get out on the bank Mm -hmm. and, and show them how to fish it from the bank. Right. It's different than out of a boat. Absolutely yep. different. 100%. Yeah, it is. You know, um, you know, the water speeds, all of a sudden you stop the boat, the water speed seems like it got faster, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that all, you know, cause as you, you're drifting with it, it don't seem as fast. Right. And, you know, as you go down through there, it doesn't seem like your, your, your gear is moving as fast, but you know, all the light, all the mending and, technique you got to do on the bank is totally different 
you know, mm-hmm. to get, get that gear gear to stay down and and fish the same as as drifting along with it in the boat. Right. Because that's a it's a whole different it's a whole different game. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can there's little ways and ways to make it so it fishes just as efficient, you know. Um and that, that's part of the game of of putting time on the water and time on the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but I you know, if I if I wanted to learn an area, I would be like I'd book a trip with somebody and go, you know, and absolutely, you know, um, it's just, it's just, you know, they, it's their, it's their home waters, you know, it's, they've spent thousands of man hours out there on that section or that, that river. And, you know, what you can learn in a day is kind of priceless, honestly. Yeah, it is. Money well spent. Money well. go, that goes for any that goes for any guide out there you know that that is respectable and treats their clients with respect and is willing to teach mm-hmm. they all kind of have that same hopefully they have that kind of that same outlook you know i mean have you know i have taught people how to fish fisheries uh-huh. and next thing i know they're they're back there in a boat and i pull up to my spot where i want to be and guess where who's sitting there that you know that's that's hap- that's happened sure. um more than once you know it's it's like you know it's it's happened more than once you know and it's is it frustrating yeah it's frustrating but at the end of the day i fished it and i know you know they're not they don't there's still things they're not that they haven't figured out you know what i'm saying right and i can pull in right behind them and pull fish out of there it seems like so mm-hmm. it's like, and you know, it's like knowing where that extra rock is, or you know, that little section that you knew they drifted down through, and you know why they drifted down through, and they caught a fish there right. um, that they didn't realize was there. You know, so there's, 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 they'll never know everything. You know what I'm saying? But they're mm-hmm. gonna know enough to catch, to to go back and catch fish if they want. You know, and right. it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, hey, you're paying for the information. You know, it's like, I can't stop you com- from coming back. I'm not going to, you know, but it's just like, okay. It's like, well, you know, it's like, but a lot of times what happens is they do that. They come get skunked or something. Then they'll book another trip and come back and catch fish with you again. And then you, you know, you've kind of developed clients for life at that point. It seems yep. like, you know, and, you know, it's like, that's why you're out there doing what we do as guides is because, we we're out there every day we're, we kind of figure out where the fish are we know mm-hmm. and we're i'm not i'm not going to waste your time i'm not going to waste my time or your time to take you out fishing when i don't think we have a chance chance in heck right you know it's like it's i got too much stuff going on with the business I, when i'm when i'm fishing it's because i want to go catch fish mm-hmm. you know and i want to see you guys catch fish and that's right. that's when you see like my Facebook, you know, my lure Facebook page, uh-huh. then my personal page on on Facebook under Randy Bales. When I post that I have open seats, it's because I'm out catching fish, right? You know, or we got a, you know, if we don't catch a fish, or we got a very good opportunity at, at catching multiple fish, or having a great day, or you're gonna get bit, you know what I'm saying? And it's up to you to land them at that point, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to go when I feel comfortable that it's, okay, it's worth going. Let's, you know, this fish to be caught. Let's go. Right. You know, and that's when you'll see me out on the water the most. Mm-hmm. So, and, oh, that's you know, cool. if people want to, if people want to go, I'm going to take them, you know, and it's like, it's like, and then I was flat, like a lot of my clients, you know, that I have that are, you know, lifelong clients that I've told them that, Hey, I don't think the fishing is going to be very good. I don't think we should go and talk them out of a trip, but yet they still want to go. It's like, then we end up catching some fish. It's like, well, you know, it's like, you never know 100%, but I'm honest about it because if you pull the wool over somebody's eyes and you burn them, they're never coming back. Never. So what's, what's, what's it gonna, you know, if you're honest about it, you know, like I'd, Astoria this year, when I went back to Astoria, for example, 
it, you know, the, the coho fishery, it was horrible. It was horrible mm-hmm. in that story when it opened. And I fished, you know, I had clients for like 20 days. And I'm like, the, after the third day, I called my clients and I canceled trips because wow. I didn't want them driving. I didn't want them driving from like Bend and everywhere else just at a chance or at one or two fish at the most, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not, it wasn't worth them paying hotels and whatever. And, and, you know, it did it hurt. Yeah, it hurts, you know, but those clients are going to come back because yep. I was, you know, totally honest with them. Yep. And that's kind of just like my customers in it. In and that goes right back to the product, you know, the product side of Leeward that, you know, I'm honest about it and I'm going to, I know my river systems and I can pretty much set up a box. I set all these boxes up and stuff to fish the best in that system. And I will change what's in there based off of reports from other people fishing that system. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll change, I can change a box around based on that. Right. And so, you know, guys can pretty much buy these ready, you know, like the Pacific Northwest, North coast, South coast, uh, you know, there's Great Lakes, a Great Lakes pack. And this is based off the stuff that I know is working in the area. Right. Uh, you know, year round, year round on fish. And people can buy these ready-made packs and go to your local river and feel like you have a leg up on everybody. Because you don't even mm-hmm. have to try to figure it out. Because you do have a leg up on everybody, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're fishing, you know, tried and true and tested, um, you know, beads and, and uh, riggings. And, and uh, it helps helps a lot you know and like this winter i think i think we're going to get a bunch of rain that is going to we're going to go from no rain to just rain rain mm-hmm. and, snow. and i think it's going to be i think it's going to honestly my gut is telling me it's going to turn into a high water year really like okay. you know going from extreme lows to to water getting you know, going from a high to where it starts dropping and going back up and, you know, I don't know right. if we're going to get a lot of low water days, you know, by the end of the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really wet, really wet spring again. Just my, just, I don't know, just my bones, you know? Yeah. It, 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 I think it's going to happen. And so I think a lot of bigger beads are going to be in a play in the higher mm-hmm. waters. Cause the fish are, if, if, if the fish are still there, even if it's high water, they're going to bite. Right. They'll still bite. They just got to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so high water techniques, you know, run your bigger beads, run a, a, a yarn ball with eggs, you know, and a big beater, big, big bead dropper, bigger, mm-hmm. you know, have that scent trail, you know, and don't target the middle of the run, target the sides of the river where the fish are going to be pushed to in the higher water, even out of a boat. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to, a lot of times you're going to be, you know, a lot of times we float down the edges and you're going to be right on top of the fish in the high water, in the higher water. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of keep, you got to kind of keep that in mind and, and fish, you know, unfortunately you got to fish below the boat a lot of times, which is yeah. a hard thing to do when you're barber dogging, you know, mm-hmm. those are the really hard fish to catch, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you and then the biggest thing with, you know, bead fishing, just reel into the fish. Mm-hmm. If that fish has got it, you're going to hook it by reeling it. And right. by, reeling into the, by reeling into the fish, you're not going to spook that fish. By mm-hmm. setting the hook, bead fishing, you're going to spook that fish and it ain't going to bite again. Yeah. You can get another shot at that fish if you just reel it out of its mouth and it's, if it doesn't stick, you'll, that fish will bite again. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing with bobber fishing, even when it comes to tidewater or, or, or bobber fishing eggs. If you reel that bait, basically, bead bait or whatever you want to call it, worm, yeah. if you reel it away from that fish and it doesn't hook that fish, it's just going to think it, it got away, it, it slipped out of its mouth. And it comes back and right. again, more than likely that fish is going to bite again and you're going to get another opportunity because you didn't set the hook. So you can reel it. Once you reel into that fish, so you feel pressure, then you set the hook. Right. Right. So interesting. Interesting. 
So, well, Randy, you are, yeah. you are always a wealth of information, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, and uh, we just appreciate your time today. Um, you, you mentioned before we started that you have an offer out there for people that uh, have listened to the podcast and, and come to your site. Can you share with us what that is? So we have a revolving, it's going to be a year-round code. And it's all capital letters, fish on TED. Okay, so you got to enter it on the website. You can't, you can't type it in, you know, onto the comment section. You got to enter it in the coupon section. All uh -huh. capital letters, fish on, fish on TED, and it'll give you 10% off our website product year-round. Wow, thank you very much, man. That is, that's killer. Now, are your products also found in retailers? Yeah, you can get, um, like, if you're down in California, uh, RMI Outdoors has a huge selection of our product. Uh -huh. um, then most of, the, most of the sportsman's warehouses have, uh, have some of our product. We're trying to get them to order more. Uh, we have mm -hmm. it available for them. So just go in there and tell the, tell the fishing department that they need to make an order of lured so we can restock them. <laughs> There little, you go. Little pun out there to get them to order here. Um, <laughs> That's true. Then uh, we have like uh, Tillamook Sporting Goods. If you're in the Tillamook, uh, Oregon area, they have oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of our product. Uh, um, the tackle. Is it the tackle? What's it called? Uh, the tackle shop up in Idaho. They have our product. Oh. Um, then. There's, oh man, I, mean, I know I should be, remember, Glenwood Market has some, which is on Highway mm -hmm. 6. Right. Then, um, the, in Alaska, it is. Yeah. Oh man, I can't remember. <laughs> the link is on our website for all of our locations. Got it. Or Got uh, it. if you, if, if you want to get on our, if you want to get on our website at luredbythebead.com that is our website okay. so you can get to the product and i have my guide service side if you want to give me a contact there which ted you helped me out with that awesome uh website for my guide business too and that's oh, luredguideservice.com uh -huh. mm -hmm. so if you guys want if if any guides are listening to this and you need a website get a hold of ted he'll hook you up with a great <laughs> website thank you I, I appreciate the, the, the plug there. Uh, yep, no, well, wonderful. I, oops, uh, did I lose you? You there? No, okay. no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. And so, you know, and um, I don't know, like you fish, you got to fish, you got to fish those striker rods that are, are you know, they're at the newer company. Yep. And they're, they're, an, they're an absolute amazing fishing rod even better company and that's yeah. the cool thing about eugene, them is it, isn't that where striker yeah. is out of eugene yep. yeah yeah I, I the, yeah i think you, i fished the, the striker rod with you and and a couple other guys they yeah. are amazing man yeah you got to fish my uh, custom lured edition rods that's right the ones that that's that were right. custom built off of specs that i wanted in a fishing rod Mm -hmm. So they're kind of one of a kind, you know, unless you were able to buy a blank, you know, um, right. but th those are amazing steelhead rods. They got the power for all any, any world-class steelhead you want to catch, you know, up on the, yeah. I got guys fishing these up in the, in the, in the OP up there and oh, I'm uh, loving them for those big, those big steelhead up there too. Really? And, uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's been a kind of a dream come true, honestly, to have, I, you know do co-branding with a rod company that listens to you and yeah, no they kidding. want your feed they want your feedback and you know and i know yeah. i know we got to wrap it up and uh i just wanted to put that out there because you know that has been a huge arsenal to my 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 fishing guide section uh side you know between the the steelhead rods and all my ocean rods and salmon rods they've been mm -hmm. sturgeon rods you know they've been amazing and you'll be fishing those when you come out to fish with me on a guided trip. So, you know, hit me up, you know, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to it. I know I'm going to 
be back in action here before winter steelhead fishing because uh, I'm not going to sit around. I'm, I'm tired of sitting <laughs> no, around right now. You're not one to sit around, that, that's for sure. Let me let me give the audience your telephone number. I have it as 971-218-1741. Is that right? Correct. Yep, that's my cell number. You can shoot me a text or, you know, give me a call, leave me a message or whatever, and I'll get back to you. If you got sure. questions about product or trips, that's a great number right. to get a hold of me. Oh, perfect, man. I mean, if, if, if you want to go out and uh, fish steelhead with an absolute expert, Randy's the guy. Um, been around here and very, very well respected in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I know you've got clients that come from all over to fish for, with you. And we just uh, thank you for your leadership, Randy, and your participation in the industry. And, you know, there are great things ahead for you. And I appreciate your friendship. Absolutely, Ted. And we're going to get out and bonk some chrome. You know this. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, you take care. Tight lines, my friend. Okay, okay buddy. Have a good night.